um, and in the work that has been presented to them. And pastoring is not, uh, it's not an easy task. I have, uh, throughout my ministry, those that, that generation above me, I have asked uh, a, lot of, a lot of advice and some uh, direction. Anytime I would face obstacles, I would uh, ask those who have been pastoring a while. And one of the questions I would always ask would be, it, is, it getting, is it easier or harder to pastor today? And unequivocally, 100%, everyone has always answered, it's not easier. It's harder. It's a little more difficult. The challenges of our day are, are making it more, more difficult. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul wrote and said that perilous times would come and that one writer says, uh, his translation would be, uh, there's going to come a time where it's difficult to be a Christian. And so in those difficult times, it, 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 to pastor through those times may be a little difficult and take some time to do that, but, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And you have a tremendous pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. I add voice to everything that's been said this morning. I thought as I saw uh, pictures, uh, when I first saw those pictures uh, early on 20 years ago of uh, Brother and Sister Cox pastoring, I thought, now, is that them or their kids? Uh, they, they looked young. Uh, you know, there are surreal moments in life. One of the surreal moments for me has been when, uh, you know, you, you just take care of your kids, whatever comes up, new shoes, uh, school clothes, but whatever comes up. Uh, it's a surreal moment when you're at a restaurant and your son or daughter picks up the tab. And it's like, well, uh, how, how did this happen? You know, they're, they're old enough to pay the bill. Uh, that's a surreal moment. It's when your kids grow up. It's a surreal moment. I remember as youth pastor, uh, Sister Michelle was in our youth group, and as my wife and I were youth pastoring at Calvary Tabernacle, that's been a few years ago. And I, I think back about those early moments, your love for God, desire to serve the Lord, uh, just a teeny bopper. <laughs> uh, but it has not wavered nor changed. And to watch you serve in ministry, it's a surreal moment. Brother, Brother Cox, when I, I think back, some of those, somebody asked me this week, how'd you get started evangelizing? I think I preached three youth revivals right here. I look back at those sermons, um, I think I owe you some money. <laughs> I got paid, but I didn't earn it. <laughs> I look back at those sermons, it's pretty rough. But but after church, I, I don't know if you remember, I think everybody else had gone to bed, and we were, and I said, uh, let's make a dessert. We were cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, I think we left more of a mess for your mom to clean up than the dessert was worth, but... Uh, 
it's a surreal moment today because uh, what I see is not just uh, young people with a, a desire. I see, I see experienced 20 years pastoring, experienced hard workers dedicated to the kingdom of God. And it's a surreal moment to, to just uh, watch a church honor their pastor and pastor's wife who have been faithfully serving the kingdom of God and giving to the kingdom. It is, it is a wonderful moment today. This is a, this is a great day. Uh, experience, I think of the 20 years of experience. You know, experience is one of those things that can only be acquired through experience. You, 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 start, you start pastoring. I, I can remember pastoring uh, years ago when I first started, and uh, I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Uh, but after 20 years of experience, I, I, Brother Cox and I talk regularly on the phone, and uh, Brother and Sister Cox, after 20 years of experience, uh, it's a it's a valuable commodity of leadership. Uh, we're not talking about novice. And with that experience comes added grace and compassion. Because of those experiences, they're able to feel with depth uh, what, what saints go through. Have, have a little experience of wisdom that are added to whenever we go through things uh, whenever we experience those things, you've got 20 years of experience now watching others. Anybody, has anybody ever just made every decision you've made them right? Have you messed up a few decisions in life? When, when you pastor and watch uh, people and try to help and guide them go through, there's a lot of experience that you can add when you sit down with brother or sister Cox and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm going through something right now. Uh, the answers that they come, it's not just out of their, their own uh, academic reading, through experience of dealing with others, allowing the Holy Ghost to open up insight. Uh, those are weighty words that are spoken to us. I thank God for somebody, uh, a couple that has endured uh, walk with God, can help us, speak words of wisdom. Uh, what, a, what an honor and a privilege it is to have that kind of a pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. Uh, Sister Kaiser, I would also say when I think of Michaela and Haley and Tanner, uh, tremendous young people. Tremendous young people. I, I that that cast that Tanner's wearing, it, it's got to add three inches to him because he's taller than I. Uh, man, oh man! Uh, but tremendous, tremendous young people. What a what a family uh, that has given to the kingdom of God. And the only thing that I can think of is, as I talk with Brother Cox and we we. Uh, He'll share with me vision and things that God's placed in his heart. All I know is God better give him another 30 years to get it all done. Uh, amen. 
I thank God for that kind of vision and that kind of direction that's leading, that uh, is looking far into the future. You are a blessed church at Harvey. Would you one more time help me? Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord for Brother and Sister Cox serving the Lord. Stand to your feet with me if you would. Amen. I want to I draw your attention to the book of Joshua, chapter number 6. For just a few moments today, will you, will you help me preach the word of the Lord? Amen. Say amen and uh, glory and hallelujah. You can, you, you can run the aisles if you want to. Or not. <laughs> it's good to be here. Amen. Book of Joshua, chapter number 6. One verse of Scripture, Joshua chapter number 6 and verse number 10. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. I want to preach for just a short while on this very special occasion on sovereign silence. Sovereign silence. Lord, I thank you for this day, for your word. Uh, we know that it doesn't go forth void, but every time the word is opened and spoken, that, that it will do its work. I pray that it find resting place in our hearts that eternal work be accomplished, Lord, that as we walk with you, as we uh, further our destination, further our destiny towards our final destination, that, that you would increase our faith, raise our vision, Lord. Give wisdom, I pray. We're asking that you'd move in this service today. In Jesus' precious name, bless this fine pastor's couple on this day, we pray. Bless their family in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Smile at someone around you. Tell them you love the Lord. And you may be seated. It's good to have my wife with me today. I'm so glad she's here. I love my wife. I just love Sister Brosom. Amen. She's the truly the better half. Amen. Sovereign <clears throat> silence. Uh, Daniel... Forshee said, who is a doctor of psychology, uh, said that there's something about that awkward silence, that those lulls between the conversation, those, those moments when, when uh, it gets kind of uncomfortable because uh, it's something feels like there ought to be said. In those moments, have you ever said something dumb? Uh, j just because it got a little fidgety and awkward, those, those pauses that are wildly uncomfortable, it's those, it's those moments, those quiet moments. It's a lack of, they, they present a lack of structure and a lack of direction. So it's those unstructured moments that make people vulnerable to parts of their personality. And during those awkward silence, uh, that, that, 
that personality, that vulnerable part, sometimes come out. It comes out uh, sometimes in stuttering or overcompensating with humor or inappropriate comments or blustery words that, that it's an attempt to add substance to the moment. Or you say something all because you feel the need to just say something and then after it's all over say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Uh, silence is your tell. It, it's that moment when nothing is happening that, that reveals this. It, 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 can, it can peel away the onion. It, it can take the surface out and it really exposes how we feel or think. It, it's, it's the silence that we have trouble dealing with at times. In, in the book of Joshua chapter 6, I've preached this before. I, I have visited this. I've tried, to, I've tried to assimilate it through my own spirit, percolate it if you would, to try to boil it down. Uh, why, why, why this silence? The obvious seems uh, almost unavoidable. It's when... It's when they had, this is not the first time they've been there. They've been here before. They've been to the place of, of just within arm's reach of, of conquering and moving into the land of Canaan. They've, they've been here before. They, they, have, they have spied out the land, but this is 40 years ago. This is when, this is when they have, uh, come back and they those ten spies literally that the negative word talked an entire nation out of victory, J just by by their words that they spoke. I, I don't know if it was prompted or scripted, but but when they came back, what was inside inevitably came out. They they couldn't help but speak about the giants. They couldn't help but. Even though it was a land that flowed with milk and honey, they couldn't help uh, take a look at all of the bounty, uh, but yet they couldn't get past a land that they felt was, was not able to be possessed. It just started to come out. We're just grasshoppers in their sight. And they were able to sway a nation that had not even seen giants. They had not even seen the vast amount of, of people. And so that, that negative word was able to keep them from entering into the promised land. The Bible says that the priests were to go before the people 2,000 cubits or about a quarter of a mile. They, they were to walk before the people. And as they would walk, it wasn't just to try to keep distance. This was not an elite club. But they wanted to be at least a quarter of a mile out front so that more than just those who were in the inner circle could see where we're going. That that leader had to be far enough out in front so that everybody had clear vision as to where we're going. I think it would be remiss if I didn't pause to say, thank God for a, vi a leader, leaders whose vision is just a, a little farther out front so that it's not, ah, uh, that's right. We, we don't have to guess where we're going. 
I, I, I can just watch and I, I know where we're going. The way has been made plain. I don't want somebody who's wishy-washy on the doctrine. I don't want somebody who shrugs your shoulders when it comes to where we ought to be in our relationship with the Lord. I'm glad that somebody squares their shoulders back, takes a step towards heaven and says, this is the way we're going. I'm glad we've got some clear vision. Somebody clap your hands and let's magnify the Lord. One of our Bible school students came back. I had just been reading this story. It's been, it's been a few months ago. And uh, I was reading this story. I, maybe it was in prayer. I don't even know if I was reading it. But uh, I, that, that visualization came back. I was visualizing those priests as they were walking around the walls of Jericho. And uh, I, I, was, I was just contemplating. Listen, we've been in a kind of an odd season the last 18 months or so. Just, just it's almost like walking around in the fog or, or with a blindfold on, it seems. Listen, you need the Holy Ghost to lead us in days like this. We need a clear voice, a clear direction. I don't, I don't want somebody to just, to just take off driving and saying, well, let's just see where this road goes. So I was contemplating direction and thinking about, about where life church should go and and as I was uh, I, in my heart watching those priests walk around in front of the congregation of Israel, I, I can remember reading the, the, the words uh, of Scripture uh, uh, talking about the feet of priests. And the feet of priests as they walked, I, I remember praying, Lord, give me the feet of priests. I, I want to walk. I want to be out in front. Lord, help me to have something that I can walk in a direction that will help people uh, lead them into victory, to get over uh, all the, the conflict of this world. And I remember as King, a little uh, Bible school student, came back. He walked over to my wife and I. We were praying together. I don't know if you remember that. We were just uh, probably on the left-hand side, about, about where you're sitting right now back home. And King walked over and he, he uh, said to us, he said, would you mind if I prayed for you and Sister Brosom? I said, absolutely not, King. I'd love for you to pray. He said, and then, would you mind if I prayed? This was kind of an odd request because he didn't know what I'd been asking for. He didn't understand. He, he had no clue. He just came. He said, can I pray for your feet? And he just kneeled down and started praying for my feet. He didn't know that two minutes earlier, I, I said, Lord, give me the feet of priests. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, he knows where we're going. I, all of a sudden, all that weight, all that burden, it just was lifted. And I realized, hey, the Lord knows where we're going. I just want to follow him. You follow me as I follow Christ. That's where we are today. Come on, we're just under shepherds. I just want to follow him to the end. Come on, I want to just walk with him every day. Jesus Christ knows where you are, and he knows where we're going. Somebody help me magnify the Lord today. Oh, come on, in the name of the Lord. I feel you in this house today, Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, as you walk around, I imagine those, those priests, as they begin to set things in order, maybe they took a, a glance over their shoulder to make sure everything was appropriate and working out the way that they intended for it to work out. We're going to walk around this, uh, these walls for seven days, and on the seventh day, we're going to walk around seven times. But there's, there's only really one prerequisite. You cannot say one word. Don't speak a word while we walk around these walls. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, this is not chatter time. We're, we're not going to talk to our neighbors. Why? I, I think that maybe, maybe Joshua was looking back at the time where it just took 10 spies and a negative word to steal victory away from a nation. I want to tell you that, that it's time to be positive. It's not time to, don't, don't let the devil uh, take capture of our words. Don't, don't say one negative word. You, you walk around those walls and believe God. When you get up in the morning, why don't you be like that little engine that could and say, I think he can. I think he will. He's on my side. I don't want to get up saying, oh, I'm afraid that he might not. Or, or maybe he won't know. I want to square my shoulders and trust him in this hour. Come on. Don't let anybody talk you out of your victory. If God has if God has spoken a word to you, don't you get beside a naysayer. Don't you let anybody put a question in your mind. I tell you, he is able to do today. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or even think. Come on, just trust him. Come on, somebody shout that with me. Trust him. Trust him. Believe the Lord. The Apostle Paul, during his first missionary journey, in the book of Acts chapter 13, he, he left Perga and he comes to Antioch. He's preaching in the synagogue and those that are listening to him, the rulers of the synagogue say, uh, Brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. And then it pauses. I, I, I think I might have would, I wouldn't do this, but if I had to, if I could, I might would add one more verse right in between 15 and 16. If you've got a word of exhortation, if you've got something good to say, if you've got something profitable to say, I think I would add another verse. And if you don't, shut up. That's why I'm not writing scripture. If you don't have anything, I mean, how many ever had your mom say that? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. If you've got an exhortation, if you've got something good, you've got something profitable, say on. But I don't need, I, listen, I've got enough negative in my life. I've got enough, I've got enough naysayers in my life already. I, I need somebody to lift me up. I need somebody to tell me I can make it. I need somebody to tell me the Lord's on my side. So don't say a word. They didn't speak walking around those walls of Jericho because negativity, it, it's dangerous because it spreads. 
a negative word, a negative word can spread so quick. If you don't believe me, just spend five minutes on Facebook. I better stop right there or I'm fixing to preach another sermon. It spreads. It it doesn't stop. Well, we have a we have a tendency to, to push that narrative forward. Not only does it spread, but it's a self-fulfilling word. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7 that when the promise came, when Elisha told the, the, the king of Samaria that tomorrow that there's going to be plenty sold, they were in the middle of, of famine, that the king of Syria had besieged Samaria, that they were, they were keeping supplies from going into the place where one, one mother boiled her baby so that the two could eat. And the next day, another woman was going to boil her baby. You want to talk about a famine. You want to talk about a dearth in the land. But the Bible says the prophet lifted up his voice and spoke and said, Tomorrow... Tomorrow, there's going to be plenty sold right here in the city. But there was one naysayer there, and that naysayer was a confidant of the king. He was, he was the Lord upon whom the king's uh, hand leaned. And he said, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? It's not going to happen. I know the prophet said it would, but that that confidant, that 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 advisor, he said, if God would put windows in heaven, this thing can never be. I want to tell you, don't let your words be prophetic to you. Don't let those negative words come to pass. Don't, don't, don't go around saying, I don't think I can, or I don't think he will. Don't ever say, God doesn't love me. He won't give me a second chance. Don't let those words be self-prophetic. Come on, here's what the Bible says. Let the weak say, I am strong. Uh, I will not die, but I will live. Uh, I'm not. I'm the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody say tomorrow will be better. Don't let those negative words be self-fulfilling in your life. Uh, I'm telling you, God is a. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel God here right now. Come on, lift up your voice. Let God know that you believe every word. If it's in that book, if it's a promise, his promises are yay and amen. Be positive. Be filled with faith. I believe those, when we were singing earlier about those chains being broken, here's what my wife said to me. We have a, we have a relative right now just going through a little bit of a struggle. But she, while we were, uh, the, you could feel the Holy Ghost in this altar area right here. She, I saw tears already seeping out her eyes. She leaned over to me and said, I know he's in trouble right now. But she said, I see chains being broken in his life. You know what I said? I didn't say, well, I'm not quite so sure about that. I, I don't think that that can happen. He's too far. No, here's what I said. 
I agree. I agree with that. I believe that. Those chains are going to be broken. Come on, somebody be positive. Don't look at the dark cloud. I want you to know that God is right here. He's with us right now. Your life can be better. He can heal your body. He will deliver your soul. He's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those chains are going to be broken. Oh, come on, let's magnify him one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Anybody feel faith in this house? Anybody sense God in this house? Come on, trust him. Why don't you just say, Lord, I believe. I believe you've got me. I believe you see where I'm at. I think you see where our deliverance is. We're being led to victory. We're, we're being led. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, I believe. Turn to somebody else and say, he's got me. Uh, you, you, you can be seated for just a moment. Now, I, I don't know if I'd say this, but that's not what I've come to preach here today. Here, here's what i come to preach. It, it wasn't... He, he, here's what I don't understand. He didn't say, just don't say a negative word. Brother Cox, they didn't have a positive word either. He said, don't say anything. He didn't say, you, you, you couldn't, you know, isn't it nice to have somebody just come along and say, you're going to make it. I had, one time I, I was on my way to church, I was just, high school. I was feeling pretty good. I got to church earlier. I, I was going to the prayer room. I was, I was feeling, I, man, we're going to have a good service. And me and another lady in the church, we, we got to the door. She said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing great. She said, really? I said, yeah, I'm doing good. She said, been really burdened for you. And I said, I've been having a hard time lately. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, just like, just like that. The devil's been on me all day. Hope I can make it through service. It's nice to walk with folks that just say, you're going to make it. You're bigger than this. With the help of the Lord, victory is already yours. This is nothing for God. He can do anything. He still parts waters and raises the dead. He still stretches out withered limbs. He's on our side. Hey, I just need a good word every now and then. They didn't even have a good word. They're walking around the walls of Jericho, 
They, they weren't supposed to say anything negative, but there's not anything positive either. There's not an encouraging word. There's no cheerleading. They were walking in silence. Why would they walk in silence? I feel this in the Holy Ghost. This is what I've come to tell somebody right now. That this wasn't God trying to figure out how he's going to do something. Uh, don't, don't, don't assume. I'm telling you, this is sovereign silence. Uh, this silence, it, it doesn't mean God's trying to figure out plan B. He's not twiddling in his thumbs wondering how the walls of Jericho are truly going to fall down. No, 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 no. Matter of fact, I find that when Naaman goes to that water, isn't this how we like it to happen? The, the prophet tells him to dip seven times. I just got a feeling, Sister Vivian, that when Naaman gets into that water and dips down, he dipped down one time and everything was exactly the same. It was two, no change. Three, it's the same. Four, five, at six, he come up out of that water. There was absolutely no alteration. But when he went down the seventh time, listen, the prophet told him, you dip seven times, and when you dip seven times, the miracle is on its way. The Bible says that the prophet at one time, he told him, you go look, and I'm going to send you out seven times. The, it, was, it was a specific number. You, you go out and look, and when you go out and look, I want you to report back to me. The Bible says he went out seven times and saw absolutely nothing. But on that seventh time, he came back and said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. I'm telling you, there was nothing that happened between one and seven. But I got good news for you. Every day you get up and walk, you're walking towards your miracle. Hey, if he said it, I believe it. If he told me, I'm... If he told me victory's coming, I've come to church, I've shouted a little bit, I've prayed a little bit, I've gone home. Come on, I've been in that same boat. I've gone home before and it felt like nothing's happening. But I want to tell you, he gave me a promise. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to complain, but I don't need a cheerleader either. If he said it, I believe it. I'm going to come back and in that sovereign silence, I'm going to do exactly what I did yesterday. I'm going to trust him I'm going to walk with him I'm going to stay with him come on he may be silent but every day you walk you're walking towards your miracle he promised me he told me there's a better day coming I'm going to tell you it's not going to be an empty promise you just keep doing what you're doing you just keep lifting those hands you just keep praying at that altar God is on your side it may be sovereign silence but I tell you your miracle is on its way. Let's magnify him one more time. Hallelujah. 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 You're walking towards your miracle. In the book of Mark chapter number 5, the Bible says that, that, that Jesus was walking with a man called Jairus. When he was walking with Jairus, he was uh, sidelined by a woman with an issue of blood. He told, he told Jairus, who ha whose daughter was sick, whose daughter was waiting, ebbing, life was ebbing out of her. 
He's walking with this man. He's headed home to Jairus' house. The Bible says that Jesus went. But while he was, he was uh, sidetracked, while he was distracted ministering to the woman with the issue of blood, someone comes up and says, Why trouble the master any farther? Your daughter is dead. Don't, don't trouble the master any farther. I, I imagine that there was all kinds of fleeting thoughts running through. He was just, it was like playing tag with all the different thoughts of what if and, and maybe I should have been earlier and what if, what if she hadn't come and all kinds of different scenarios. Come on, wouldn't you like to live in a perfect world? I'm telling you, you don't have to live in a perfect world for Jesus to do his best. You don't have to be in a perfect world. He knows how to work in chaos. He knows how to work when things aren't going the way they ought to work. Uh, here's what Jesus said. Hey, hang on a minute. Uh, you, you Look at me, look at me. When the word came, the Bible says, and when he heard, when Jesus heard the word that was spoken, when he heard that negative word, he grabbed him by the cheeks. He said, look at me, look at me. Don't you listen to anybody else? Only believe. I'll tell you one thing you better do in the silence. You just get your mind off of everything else. Get your heart fixed on him. Every day we walk in his silence. I'm still trusting him. I'm still believing in him. I haven't... It's not waned. It's not dissipated. I'm trusting him. Brother Kaiser, how, how long have you been planting that church? How long have you been at it now? Four years. Four, uh, my, 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 my. Have you ever felt like you've been walking in sovereign silence? Hey, yeah. Be seated for just a moment. Brother Kaiser and I, we got something in common here. I, I, I can remember, probably not where you're at. Not in Flossmore, but I'm just talking about me. I can remember going to church thinking, baby, if it's just me and you today, let's go eat pie. Lord, there, there ain't nobody here. I, more than, I, I get on Twitter and watch folks count the consecutive Sundays that people have been baptized in their church when I've been counting the consecutive Sundays of people not being baptized in church. Seems like the waters are placid, no trouble, no troubled waters, no one getting the Holy Ghost. And you're walking in sovereign silence. I feel led to tell you today that the sight, come on, you just keep on walking. My wife come in so excited the other day. She said, did you see what happened in Flossmore? He's had a couple receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hey, you just believe. You just keep right on walking. You just keep doing the work. I tell you, every day that you walk, every day you have church, every day you live for God, the miracle is on its way. He promised you from the very beginning and he's going to fulfill that promise. God is doing the work. Just only believe. You keep on believing. Put your confidence in the Lord. He may be silent. You just believe. He may be silent but you remind, remind yourself of this. You are still favored of the Lord. In the book of Genesis chapter number 24. This is for somebody today. Come on, I've come to preach. I, 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 
I, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel, I feel constrained to tell somebody, you, you've, been, you've been wanting to hear from the Lord. You've been, wanting the, you've been wanting the storm clouds of heaven to just rain on you, and you've been walking in sovereign silence, but I want to tell you, you just keep walking. You just keep believing. You are still favored. I, I, I can see Abraham. I can see Abraham. He, he sends his servant. Be seated for just a moment. I, I, know, what, I, I know what that is. It, it's, matter of fact, I was preaching for a, uh, preaching for a man in, in uh, uh, Indiana, and we were getting ready to leave. Uh, we, we were talking late into the congregation, into the night. We were at his kitchen, and just before I was getting ready to leave, his, he had a parrot. He was, he was a missionary from Africa. His family grew up... Uh, in Africa, and he had a parrot. And uh, after we'd been talking a couple hours, this parrot started doing this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he says to me, you know what that parrot's doing, don't you? I said, what? He said, he wants you to leave. You, you know how you end those conversations? Okay. All right. And that parrot, <laughs> he said, that parrot wants you to go. Hey, listen, every preacher knows when they won't sit down, hey, hey, it's time to close, Pastor. You, you just, you, so you just sit down a moment and make me feel like you still want to hear some preaching. In the book of Genesis, Abraham sends his servant, sends a servant to find a wife for Isaac. When he, he ladens down those camels, with gold and, and all kinds of gifts, and he's going to find. And when he comes to the well, he's sitting at the well, and, and he, he's wondering, how, what, 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 how am I going to find a, a wife for my, my, my master's son? And then he says, Lord, if you'll prosper my way, if you'll give me favor, send somebody that will give me water, and for my camels, my ten camels. And he no sooner prayed the prayer, and here comes, here comes the future bride. Here comes the future bride. As she comes to the well, she says, would you like some water? And when she dips down and brings him water, she says, I'll even water your camels also. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis 24, and while the man was wondering, he gazed at her. He was in amazement at her. He held his peace. He kept his silence. He didn't encourage her. She didn't finish watering one camel, and he said, okay. You're the girl. If you can't do it, he didn't cheerlead her. He didn't encourage her. She watered one camel, then watered a second camel, a third camel, and she was already sweating by now. She looked, come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? She was watered, but little did she know that while she was doing her work in silence, while she was watering in silence, the very camels that she was watering was bearing the gifts that were going to be bestowed on her. I tell you, just keep watering the camels. You just keep being faithful through your circumstance because those very circumstances 
the very thing that you're going through just might be the greatest blessing you've ever had in your life. You are favored by the king. Come on, he was wondering at her. You know what I believe? Every time that you come to the house of God and you leave without your healing, he's wondering at his bride saying, look, she's still faithful. She still loves me. Every time you come on that Sunday, you might still have that weight of a distressing problem, but I tell you, when you come back, he just sits in silence, that silent, that sovereign silence saying, look, that's my bride, but little does she know I've got something for her. I've got a little gift for her. I'm going to tell you it won't be long. You're walking towards a miracle, but God has some gifts for his bride. Just keep walking. Keep faithful before the Lord in that sovereign silence. Oh, somebody say amen. Remain standing for just a moment. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, he said this, Wherein greatly you rejoice, though now for a season. There it is. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the next verse, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor at the glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Who having not seen you love, in, though, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice. I want to tell you what the church ought to do. Even he may be silent, but I'm not just going to sit and suck my thumb. He may be silent in my circumstance right now, but I'm not going to complain. But I don't need a cheerleader either. I'm going to learn how to rejoice in my heaviness. I'm going to learn how to, because I got news for you. He may be silent, but it's only a season. It's a short I've come to tell somebody, you just hold on. You be faithful. You keep believing because it won't be very long that God is getting ready to speak in your circumstance. He knows where you are. Brother Kaiser, he's got a revival for you. Brother Lopez, where are you at? Raise that. Brother says, he's got the baby for a season. It's only a season. Uh, and she raises her just a season. There go. Sister Lopez, I got news for you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God, he sees your labor. He sees what you're doing. He sees your faithfulness. He see, he, he's got it coming. Come on, there's a bride. But I've got some camels that are going to unload on you. Brother and Sister Cox, would you come and stand right here? 20 years of faithfully serving. 20 years of faithfully walking with God. 20 years of just doing what we got to do. Listen, there have been some loneliness. There have been even, if I might, come on, I'm just going to put both of us in. There's even been a little depression at times. There's been some gray clouds at times. But here's what I appreciate. We're going to rejoice anyway. Uh, we're going to... 
yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to shout anyway. It might, it's only a season, but he's still faithful. He's got gifts. He's got a touch of God. He's got some blessings. He's got to move. I'm telling you, this is not the end. It's only the beginning. God's got a move of God. He's got a touch right now. He's got some gifts. Listen, if you've been going through that sovereign silence, I want you to fill this altar right now. If you've been going through a season when you haven't been feeling maybe what you want to feel, you've been going through a season where you've been wondering where he's at. You've been going through a little bit of a season wishing it was a little more intense or you could hear, I tell you, just hang on. Just keep rejoicing. He still favors you. He still loves you. He's still on your side. He's going to do the work. He's going to heal. He's going to save. He's going to fill. That's it. Come on. Lift your hands right where you are. His silence isn't a sense of disapproval. It's not disapproval. He's wondering at you. Ah, 